Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. And in today is September the 7th. And we are officially returned. We are back in Puerto Rico. Yes. We're standing in our office looking at each other as we do today's mm-hmm. podcast. And Julie and I are looking back upon the past 60 days that we've uh, experienced with our U.S. Harris tour, our 2021 tour. Having met many of you, well, you know, virtually mostly through Instagram, all the comments, all the feedback. We met, I don't know, it's hard to know, dozens, maybe over 100 of you on the road. Some of you were able to take time off from your busy lives and meet with Julie and I wherever we were on our our sojourn. It's been a remarkable experience um, that I think that will forever change. I know it'll forever change our lives. Hopefully it'll change Zoe's life for the positive as well. It's just been extraordinary. If you want to catch up on our uh, trip across the country, we ended up going to 22 or 23 different different, uh, 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 states, and we traveled over 8,000 miles. And uh, yeah, it took us about 60 days. We went just about everywhere. You can check it out on Instagram. And also there's a page on Tim and Julie Harris that um, marked our whole sojourn. But yeah, so thanks for all of you who have supported us and followed along and gave us great feedback on Instagram. That was a lot of fun and something I hope all of you to um, your own level will want to do one day because it really does um, change your perspective when you travel. Traveling in the United States is obviously easier than traveling abroad, but even traveling in the United States is uh, such an extraordinary experience as you go from one corner to the other. So I would highly encourage it, uh, encourage you to do so. I don't know. Well, I can pretty much guarantee you we'd never want to do a trip like that again because it was a hell of a lot of driving. Yeah. Um, but for sure, we would want to do another trip in certain parts of it. And so, like, we definitely want to drive down the uh, West Coast or maybe up the West Coast because that's certainly beautiful. And, you know, the national parks. But, um, yeah, check out the Instagram pictures and let us know with you, what you think. It's Tim and Julie Harris, and uh, I appreciate your feedback. So we're going to get right on track again. Hopefully you will notice that we're back in our studio and the sound quality is a lot better. And as promised last week, we are creating – a fourth quarter plan for all of you. Now, I know it's not fourth quarter, so we're calling this fourth quarter plus one. Now, we're going to be printing our, we're going to be putting the notes from today's podcast on timandjulieharris.com, which will then hopefully uh, show up on Instagram. I'm not Instagram, but iTunes and Stitcher and all the other podcast listening portals. And uh, we will by, I'm thinking by maybe the uh, day, next day or, or so, next couple days, we're going to have an actual uh, printable Um, plan for you than to download. So stay tuned. We promised you'd have it. You'll have it. And it's going to be something that will be hopefully a one pager. We'll see. But here's the goal of this plan. Well, actually, Julie, you worked on this pretty much all morning. Yes. So tell them when you are going through this, because we're, you know, we're real estate coaches by trade. And this is definitely something that we do um, well, I, you know what? I want to share with them yep. these housing news. For, this okay, housing do that first, first, and then I want you to switch me over to my notes so I don't miss anything. Okay, good. Yeah, because Julie spent a lot of time on this. All right, so this came out today, and I thought this was just ridiculous. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I'm going to go to the top uh, takeaways. This mm-hmm. was from, um, was this Housing Wire? or No, CoreLogic. All right, so Julie, you can read this. Top just takeaways. read the first, like maybe the first two points. Yeah, here's some bullet points for you guys well, to talk well, about. Here, and here's really what the big takeaway is. The uh, continuation of the incredibly hot seller's market uh, will be lasting into 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th quarter. <laughs> it, it's not slowing yeah. down. We are experiencing right now in housing a 
level of appreciation, even in markets that have never really seen appreciation, even in the markets that have been passed over, even at, during the housing recovery in the last 24 months, even those types of markets are seeing massive appreciation, but not like some of the markets Julie is about to share with you. So go ahead, Julie. And these are quite literally uh, just records, I think all-time records, actually. So nationally, home prices increased 18% in July 2021. I read this morning that that is 40 months in a row of appreciation, but 18% still in July 2021 compared to July 2020. This is the largest 12-month growth growth in the U.S. index since the series began in 1976. Let's level off there. Yeah. So here's just putting this in perspective. Obviously, there's no national housing market, but what CoreLogic is saying was CoreLogic. Yeah. What CoreLogic is saying nationally, homes have increased in value by 18% over the last 12 months, July to July. Now, I want you to think about this. The average sale price in the United States was 349000 before Julie and I went on our trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we come back, and I'm going to get out a calculator. I don't know if I'm doing this uh, new, uh, mathematically correctly, but if I am, that means the average sale price in the United States right now is $411,820. Now, I'll do some more homework on that to find out if it's true, but I think that's true. Uh, and that's Amazing. absolutely phenomenally incredible. If you've been in, uh, if you've been in this real estate industry for more than like maybe five years, you will realize what an extraordinary thing that is. Because it wasn't that long ago, the average sale price in the United States for a home was barely two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, the average I read this morning, the average in Austin is six hundred thousand. It just broke six hundred grand for it. The average. Yeah, in I mean, Austin, that's like, Texas. That's like Southern California pricing. Exactly my thought. Yes. Yeah, incredible. Okay, well, in July, appreciation of detached properties. Uh, 19.7% was, again, the highest measure since the inception of the index and nearly double that of attached properties, which also did 11.6%, as prospective buyers continue to seek more living space and lower-density communities. Now, home price gains are projected to slow to 2.7% uh, increase by July 2022. You and I agreed that was pretty speculative since that is nearly a year out. The next point's fun, though. In uh, July, home prices rose sharply in the West with Twin Falls, Idaho. Were we in Twin Falls? We were in Boise, nearby, meeting <laughs> with uh, John Weber's team, who definitely attested to this. Yeah, Twin Falls, Idaho, experiencing the highest year-over-year increase for a third consecutive month. Now, this is incredible. Staggering. 39.8%. So if you bought a house... In Twin Falls, Idaho, last year, about this time, congratulations, you won the real estate lottery. You you have the golden ticket. That you know your home has gone up basically forty percent in one year. Bend, Oregon, ranks second with year-over-year increases of thirty-seven point one percent. Another staggering number. Uh, at, go ahead. Uh, at the state level, Idaho and Arizona again led the way with the strongest price growth at 33.6% and 28.4%, respectively. Utah had a 25.7% year-over-year increase as home buyers seek more affordable locations. Now, what's interesting to me about this is we're talking about Arizona, Oregon, and Idaho. Remember I was saying before, you're mm-hmm. talking about seeing massive rates of appreciation in markets that had been uh, not necessarily subject to huge ap- yes. appreciation. They weren't the Southern Californias and the Southern Floridas right. and all the other markets that everyone associates with appreciation. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at uh, essentially what would be considered a not a, would be like almost a B market or a C market. Sure. Less desirable by some. Not but, vacation areas with maybe a little exception for Arizona, but definitely not like the coastal phenomena. Well, Twin Falls is vacation-y. Yeah. But your point is, is and what we're seeing is that the the United States on a whole, and you can use this CoreLogic information 
as your example. On a whole, is appreciated by 18% in a year over year. And these micro markets that weren't experienced rapid re appreciation, now they are, and now they're catching up. So this is something Julie and I said, um, I don't know, a year ago, mm -hmm. and it's something you all sh should internalize because our projection and our prediction, if you will, is proving to be correct. And that is that this is the new this is the new reset of housing prices. It will not be followed by a housing crash. This is just what prices are. This is what housing's, housing and homes cost now. Um, and that psychologically is, a, especially since it's happened so fast, is a little bit alarm. Well, it's a lot. It's shocking is, it is what shocking. it is. Again, for those of us who've been in the market for a long time and know how exceptional this is, this is something that's historic. So just for what it's worth, don't allow yourself and it's easy to do to think that there's going to be a price drop or some sort of crash on the other side of this. There won't be. And all indications are that all we're seeing now is just essentially the resetting of values, the resetting of home values, the resetting of prices. Um, and this will continue. And again, they're, I don't know how they come up with this projection, but you know they're predicting that there'll be an additional 3% or 2.7% increase by 2022 in July. So how are they going to you know, predict going forward that, say, for example, um, you know, Twin Falls, Idaho is going to be worth an additional 3%. Well, that will make Twin Falls, Idaho, if you were buying again in 2020 of July, by the time 2022 rolls around, if their projections are right, your home has gone up by almost 50%, basically, over 40% inside what will effectively be two calendar years. Well, and remember that that run-up in what, has, what became equity, right, that appreciation becomes equity, just because, let's say they're right, and by you know July 2022, we are quote only appreciating at 2.7 percent. The previous 40 percent did not go away. Okay, you still have that equity. Oh yeah. So and I point that out because we have a whole generation of agents and brokers who have become almost used to this type of appreciation and this pattern. Remember, it's 40 months of appreciation in home values. So, you know, if it's only 2.7%, that might feel like a massive slowdown to you, but it's just more of a normalization and you're still retaining that equity. Why does that matter? Because we have to put to rest things like the naysayers who say, well, prices are going up, so there's got to be a crash. Well, that equity remains. There are right. no, there are absolutely zero uh, underlying factors that match the last bust. It doesn't exist. The only thing that is similar is the house values going up? That's it. Well, the house values back during uh, when you know you and I were coaching then, right? And we, during really, I think in 06 through really, well, it's really started in 05, 04, yeah. and some like California maybe like 03. Mm -hmm. But the, they didn't go up like this. No, they didn't. Yeah, this, this is this is something. This has eclipsed that. Uh, yeah, as a percent, as a sheer it, it, in terms of the appreciation on homes, and move past your expectation that there, the housing is going to go through some sort of correction. Assume that it won't. Assume what we're experiencing now is just a new permanent reset of prices. Because what's going to happen is psychologically, the prices are going to continue to escalate and they're going to maybe they level off a little bit like they're projecting 3% appreciation one year. Well, that's going to be the expectation for what people are going to expect to pay. And you, you see this happening in all kinds of different um, assets. You see this happening in well, we are talking with our new neighbor in uh, Murphy, uh, Kevin, mm -hmm. and he bought his, um, what was it, some big massive diesel truck, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what it was, some 
King Ranch, something or another. A big anyway, work truck type yeah, thing. Yeah, he said he paid sixty five for it two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's got it had over fifty thousand miles on it, mm-hmm. and he just traded it back into the dealer on a new one for sixty three grand. That's incredible. I mean, it is incredible. And yeah. there's lots of things like that that are happening because again, we're talking about inflation that's rattled in. You may be talking about some laggards from, you know, COVID and who knows what. But this is the new reset of prices. So expect there to be more inflation. Expect the inflation just to become normalized to the point where people are expecting it to, uh, you know, be continuous. And that has not yet uh, washed into everyday conversation. People are not yet quite experiencing. Now, if you're in California, having just driven around the country, there are things in California that are marketably more expensive than they are just up in Oregon or whatnot or Washington State. Uh, just ridiculous in terms of the cost of fuel and things like that. But overall, the real consumer uh, prices, they've gone up, but they haven't gone up to the point where it's really going to cause people to uh, emotionally react. But we're going to get there. And here's the other thing that's happening. Uh, Rents are going to start increasing. I know everyone's been saying rents have gone up by 10% year over year. But what you're going to see is um, essentially rent increases uh, to happen faster and rent increases to happen at more of like Julie's usually raised our rents by how much 10% per year, usually if sometimes that, yeah. if that, right. Mm-hmm. Depends how good the tenant is. Sure. But now what happens if she increases the rent by 10%, we've got a property going vacant in uh, Austin and we were just talking about it. It's kind of an unusual property. It's kind of a semi rural property with a barn and it's kind of neat. And our rent, we're going to probably be able to raise the rent on that. We were planning on raising the rent by two or 300 uh, a month, the tenant that was in there decided to move out. So we're going to raise it by probably a thousand and we're probably going to get it because the price on that property has gone up so much that and the, the, the demand is there, right? And the demand is there. So anyway, long story short, guys, this is not something that's going to change abruptly and, and reverse just operate as if this is just essentially the new reset of prices. And, uh, yeah, you're going to be able to, frankly, help a lot more people if you yourself don't have the psychological uh, beliefs that prices are going to drop. Because if you're carrying around the idea that you're going to sell something to somebody that's going to financially hurt them in 6 to 12 months, well, then that's going to be hard for most of you uh, to want to actually transact because you're going to be thinking about, you know, what's going to happen to that person in the future. It's going to be operating in your head because, you know, you're a conscious, you know, conscientious human being, right? You're a moral person. Well, set that aside and realize that the exact opposite is true. If you're not putting people into homes and if you're not uh, listing homes, if you're not actually actively in the market, what you're doing is you're potentially hurting those people, especially on the buy side, because how are they going to feel like if you're a buyer who you could have maybe convinced to buy a house or helped to get over their psychological fears of buying a house in uh, one of these cities in Oregon, for example, what if uh, they would have bought a year ago and now they've been sitting on you know, essentially 40% more equity in their home. It Could you have done something a year ago to have helped those people move past their fears? Or did you instill fears in them because your belief that the market was inflating in value so fast and now you're realizing, looking in your rearview mirror, that you shouldn't be giving that advice? You guys get what I'm saying well, here? knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. So this is part of our job as your podcast hosts and your coaches and future coaches to educate you so that you can keep your motivation. If you are, when you are educated on the actual facts, then your motivation changes and you're able to help a bigger number of people at a higher level, right? So if you're living in fear of the unknown, well, that's, you know, ignorance equals fear. But when you know, like if you go back to our series of podcasts about why this time is not like last time, we did, I think it was almost 10 days worth of taking each and every point and showing you that the underlying factors are completely and utterly different. 
So make sure you stay educated because, ed, you know, knowledge equals confidence. You know, I have an idea for you. What's that? Uh, why don't you take that show? I realize it was only from 90 days ago. And why don't you supplement that with the m most up-to-date information? Yes. And we'll do that series again. I think we Because need to. that series it was – It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. Yeah. And because they're not hearing what we're saying. Mm -hmm. So let's use more current information. Well, and we picked up a lot of listeners since that original series. So oh, we yeah. might as well, you know, uh, update it, dust it off. We'll do that. In All the right. next 30 days or so. So Julie Harris has yes. worked on, as promised last week, our fourth quarter plus one as in September, right? So we're mm -hmm. talking about four months. And, and here's what we're going to be working on with you guys this week. And again, we're going to provide this to you in a very clean, formatted, fill-in-the-blank type thing uh, for your own use. But for now, we're going to be talking about and training you how to create your fourth quarter plus one plan. The plus one being September fourth quarter, obviously, being October, November, December. All right, so here's the mindset. Actually, Julie, you created this. I'm sure you worked yes. through this uh, psych you know, through your own uh, psychology and their psychology <laughs> yeah. to create something really mm -hmm. phenomenal. So go for it. Yes, and we're going. this will be a series of podcasts because this is a lot to digest and yep. to work through. So we're just going to start with uh, accepting the fact that even though, as we call this, the fourth quarter plus plan is fourth quarter plus a lot of September, right? So start with the acceptance that although it looks like there's 150, well, there are 151 actual days, if you count every single day between now and December 31st, well, let's do some simple math here. And you guys can modify this based on your own schedule, but here's the thing. You, you may not have thought about your own schedule just yet, and that's why we're rolling this out earlier than we probably normally would to get you clear on this. So 151 actual days. Now let's subtract the following assumptions. Again, modify to your own uses here. Let's subtract 42 weekend days. Now I already hear them screaming, well, I always work on Saturday. So if you work one day and you take the other day off, be realistic, use 21 instead of 42 uh, or dust off your calendar and figure it out for real. So I know when you and I sold real estate, mm -hmm. if I would have heard this, I would have been thinking, you know what, Julie, you're telling me that, you know, Thanksgiving's going to be this many days where I'm not going to work. And Chris, screw that. I'm working. I know. I mean, you, yeah. I right? cry baloney to that. Well, exactly. Well, and, and I appreciate the motivation there. Right. But let's, you know, this that I was do. the approach you and I yes. took when we sold real estate. That's and right. that's the reason well, we sold up between 100 and 200 houses per yep. year every year. But here's the thing. Um, they don't understand that we, and frankly, I wish we would have understood this when mm -hmm. we sold real estate, yeah. that even though you might be at work, nobody else is. So there's no sense in you being at work. Exactly. And furthermore, you're going to piss people off if you're trying to, not just your fellow uh, practitioners and you know people in the industry, but buyers and sellers do not want to be bothered during the holidays other than for you to wish them a happy holiday or whatever. So even though you want to work over that particular holiday, even though you have a, uh, a a goal that you're trying to accomplish and it's something that's really driving you to the point where you're willing to give up your nights and your weekends it doesn't you need another side to dance with right yes. and if they're not there to participate with then you maybe want to consider you know taking a step back and this is again something i wish we would have probably known a little bit more clearly when we were a lot younger is that by taking those that downtime actually it, it reframes your it, it gives you an, a hard reset and that's the nice thing about the holidays. Now, granted, in my opinion, way too many days off in the United States. Right, but it's not way, up to us. Way too many holidays. I mean, Labor Day. <laughs> Almost as many as Puerto Rico. I mean, all right? these, yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, though. it is, and I think it's gotten worse. But here's the thing. You cannot motivate people who are unmotivated. If you are a family that has young kids and it's Christmas time and you got three munchkins, you're going to be doing kid stuff. You're going to be at events. Your kids are going to get you to do stuff. This is realistic. So part of our job here 
is to help you understand the expectations of normal market flows. Just like we warned you when kids go back to school, you're going to have a two-week downtime. And you have so many good reasons to contact your past clients and your centers of influence in your market. And if you're a new agent, so many good things you could be sharing with you know people as you are. Maybe you're going to go door knocking. You're going to communicate with them in different sure. ways with regards to the market. I mean, if you're in some of the, well, hell, any place in the United States right now, yeah. right? You can go and say, hey, guy, I have really great news for you, Bob. Your house is, you know, you paid this for your house this many years. Obviously, you want to do this a little bit more tactfully. But the gist of it is, is you are just nothing other than the bearer of great news. There is nobody who doesn't want a free CMA. Well, there's nobody that doesn't want to hear that they're they are richer than they thought they were, right? <laughs> That's a complete and total home run conversation to have with anyone. And if you, you know, have that be the center point of all of your conversations where you are excited to tell them how smart they were to buy the house that they did, extra smart if they bought it from you. But if they're just, you know, new folks to you, just how smart they were just to have owned a property. And uh, would you like to know what your property is worth? And would you like to know uh, what maybe you could get in this market with all the equity that maybe you didn't even know you had in your market, right. in your house? Hey, you know, mm -hmm. this is something. We got a, um, a letter from Wells Fargo, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It happened the last 60 days when we were on the road. Mm -hmm. And they were offering to refinance some of our properties. Yes. And what the interest rate was less than 3%. It was 2.2 to 2.6. I don't know where they That's get insane. Slide. But yeah, and they were offering that to us. I didn't even call them. So right. the answer is yes, let's do it. Well, but the point being is that mm -hmm. low rates are still out yeah. there. So even if someone, sure. if someone can basically move from a house and they can have like all kinds of down payment money, equity that they didn't realize they had, and you're going to tell them. And then the next uh, uh, question is obviously going to be, what are you going to sell them? Maybe the move is to put them into something into new construction. Maybe the move is to then as you are door knocking in the next adjacent neighborhood that you learned that they'd also be interested in living in, or you're doing an open house over there. One of the many things we show you how to do to be a proactive lead generator, you're going to stumble across a seller that actually might have a house that the first people that you talked with, you guys see how You've this works? This is how you put yeah. deals together in a market like this. And again, you're the bearer of great news. Now you're able to tell that person how much equity they have. Oh, and by the way, did you know that we have interest rates right now are still around 3%? Well, I mean, so the move is to start that conversation. If you knew that your home is now worth X in today's market, what would that do to your plans? Exactly. And then the person will say, well, I don't know. I had no idea. Thanks for telling me. And then you can talk about, well, what are some options? Have you considered new construction? Um, you know, maybe they want to pull some equity out and buy a rental property. There's lots of different options, but your job is to start that conversation because even if you have that conversation the week of Thanksgiving because you're making your calls and you're reaching out, that person maybe isn't going to be ready to do something until March. I guarantee you you're going to want to do transactions in March as well. Yeah, so, well, that, that's yeah. the whole point of the fourth quarter plan. Julia, yeah, right. we're jumping on our, our future <laughs> points, but go through yeah. the rest okay. of the days. But let's just do make this point. So the way you build, the way you have a fantastic 2022 is you start thinking about your 2022 now, right? Your year has actually already started. Congratulations. Pop the champagne cork. It is now January 1st, 2022. And here's the question you have to ask yourself because future you in January 2022 will remember that you heard this on this podcast. So here it is. Will future you be singing the praises of present you because present you actually did what, you know, he or she didn't want to do when they didn't want to do it at the highest level. In other words, actually drilled down in fourth quarter versus coasted in fourth quarter, which is standard practice, not just for agents, but people in general. So the question I have for you is, 
do you want to be rolling into next year with momentum, with listings, with relationships, with contacts, or do you want to have to recreate momentum going into the next year? Most agents, 90%, will try to recreate momentum at the start of next year. Now, the start of next year for many agents is not January. It's more like May or April, and that's when everyone else starts. You guys see why so many agents have just very few months of income, and then basically they go back into famine mode. The, the reason is, is because they don't know how to run their business like a business. You run your business like a business by starting the year out essentially in fourth quarter of the prior year and focus on having conversations that are going to lead to transactions, primarily on sellers. So Julie's going to finish off with how many actual work days you have left this year. Yes. So remember 151 actual days from today until December 31st, minus somewhere between 21 and 42 weekend days, depending on how you work that. Let's say there's going to be two days off for Halloween, maybe more with, uh, especially if you have lots of kids and events. Let's take the week of Thanksgiving off. Again, whether you feel like working or not, the world takes that week off. Same thing with 10 days between New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's, I'm sorry, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, about 10 days during that week. Let's figure for five sick days, hopefully not, but figure them in there five miscellaneous days, and I threw in 10 bad weather slash bad attitude slash not working no matter what days. You guys know you have those days, so let's throw those in there. And when you do all that math, and again, you can look at your calendar and make your own predictions. I'm giving you a guideline here. But when you take those things into effect, that leaves you with about 70 work days before December 31st. So it looks like 151. That's a lot of days. But in reality, it's probably 70. And for some of you, it's even less than that because you also have other vacations planned in there. You've got family visiting. You're well, cooking for Thanksgiving, whatever your deal is. Here's something we just discovered with our beautiful little girl, Zoe Grace. She has strep throat again, of course. Of course. And good so, timing. Good Day timing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So she has strep throat again, which, you know, she's very accustomed to having. She doesn't even actually act sick when she gets it. But she has strep throat. She'll have it for the next two or three days. And, you know, if you have little kids, you guys know we're rolling into cold and flu season. And, and it's disruptive. And there are going to be a lot more days that you're going to be yeah. spending waiting around for, for prescriptions and doctor appointments. Yep. And that's going to even diminish your work days even more. So the Julie's point, our point is to, for you to recondition or reframe the remainder of your year and don't think of it in terms of four months. Four months sounds like so long. It's almost the, half a year when you look at it that way. Totally. Think of it like 70 days maybe. So if you then, the next assignment is going to be, oh, you didn't do the calendar thing. That's okay. The next thing is going to be. Figure out their own days. Is figure out your own days. Right. So take a calendar and on the calendar for the next four months. Today is September the 7th. So September, October, November, December. Um, oh, hopefully all of you know your months. I didn't have to say that. Hopefully. If not, you can look it up. <laughs> I'm so used to spending time in Zoe in the I car. Know. But go and take your, uh, print off those four pages, hang them on the wall, you know, four calendar month pages, right? And then put an X on the day you're not going to be working, a red X, and put, this is what we have all of our coaching clients do, and put a green dollar sign the days you're going to be working. And just remember, you might say, you know what, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to work some days that maybe I should be taking off, don't bother because nobody else is going to want to work with you. And when you call somebody up and they're putting ornaments on their Christmas tree, they're going to be mad at you for not being considerate of their family time. Use this again. It's really important that you do use this opportunity to refresh, to reframe. And you can do that guilt-free 
provided on those days that you're going to be working, you actually work and do not practice work theater. And that's the key, right? So we're going to be getting to more of the plan uh, over the next few days. Well, and a smart agent would accept the fact that as we get closer to the actual holidays, we start to eat up more of that type of predictable days off, right? So you get into Thanksgiving, you get into Christmas, New Year's, et cetera. So a smart agent would say, all right, I've looked at my calendar, I've calculated, and for me, I've only got really 65 work days, but I'm going to front load a lot of that in September and October before people really get into holiday mode so that I can know what my lead flow is, I can take some new listings, I can achieve my magic number, and that's what we're going to get into with this plan. And I'll first, I'm going to give you guys a little foreshadowing here. This is really what the goal of this plan is going to be, and it should be for you as well is that you are going to work towards having your magic number of listings, which is a certain number of listings at all times. And I want Julie to tell a story of her coaching client who was, uh, you don't know what I'm going to ask. No. <laughs> you, she sent you a picture. Mm-hmm. She was, um, I don't even know what, but she had it. She was in front of the fireplace. She oh, was in the middle of the day. Yeah. It just had a snowstorm in, in New York. So tell that yeah, story. Yeah, Mary in New York. Okay, so we had worked together for, yeah, I don't know, a year, 18 months, and we were really working on this concept of the magic number. Which is the number of listings at all times you need to meet or exceed your financial expectations in uh, just shortened version. If you had five listings at all times in a market like this, where evidently the sale price is now $400,000 on average. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, I don't know, I'll just throw out a random number. Let's just say your average commission per sale was $10,000. If you have four listings at all times and you only sold two of them per month, let's say the other two are in process of getting active. Uh, they're just, you know, maybe cleaning the carpets, painting all the rest of it. That means that you would have an income of $20,000 a month if you focused all your best energies on having and maintaining at least four listings per month. Active listings. Active listings. You know, when Julie and I were sold real estate, we usually had to have, because of our goals, we usually had to have between 20 and 30 active listings at all times to meet or exceed our financial goals. And we're going to show you guys how to do all this, but that is where this plan is going. We're not going to be talking a lot of Twittering and social networking and all those Mm -hmm. things. Those things do have a place, but they come after the real work of real estate is done for that particular day. Yes. So back to Mary in upstate New York. We had been working together on this concept of the magic number. And she had been actively working on her ability to proactively lead generate on her own so that her net would be higher than buying leads. And I got this great email and picture. She she said, you know, I now understand the power of the magic number. (laughs) And I said, tell me about that. She she said, here's a picture of my, I think it was a yellow lab sitting in front of uh, her fireplace in her living room. And her feet are kicked up. She's on her laptop. And she said, you know, there's a raging snowstorm out there. And I'm here enjoying my fireplace with my gold or with my uh, yellow lab while all these poor buyer's agents are out there shoveling their way, having to show my listings. She said, I like this lifestyle better because I know my listings are going to sell. And this, I think this is where I originally uh, thought that, you know, listings are mental labor and buyers are definitely physical labor, especially if you live in bad weather areas. And I thought, you know, this was a a huge, it was clearly a big light bulb that went off for her is that she can have a different type of lifestyle as a listing agent than as the buyer's agents who are subject to all kinds of different things. And we've talked about that on other podcasts before. And guys, that is the focus of our coaching company. We do teach you how to scale up a team. We do teach you how to, you know, passively lead generate. If we do teach you how to do all the other things. But what we really focus on is teaching you guys to be listing agents because when you're a listing agent, you create leverage. And with that leverage, you have that magical thing called freedom. And using Mary as an example, and I remember when Julie and I had that epiphany when we sold real estate, we were listing agents right out of the gate because we realized that by having a listing agent, you can still be working buyers, but all uh, uh, all the rest of the time, other agents are out there trying to sell your listing for you. 
And if you have listings, you have leverage. If you have listings and you're sitting by your fireplace with your dog and there's, you know, 5,000 agents out in the marketplace that are actively trying to sell listings to their buyers despite the weather, those buyer those buyers agents are effectively working on your behalf obviously not all of them because not all of them are trying to sell something like you have for sale but they're working on your behalf while you're having your cocoa and petting your dog by the fireplace exactly and that doesn't come working on the buyer side of things obviously that's why we talk about the magic number so we, we need to wrap for today and then we're going to roll out some very specific things for you to follow starting tomorrow but homework from today figure out how many days you personally have left as far as work days Put a dollar sign on those days. Put an X mark on the ones that are likely not to be work days. Okay. And we are going to have this plan formalized for you in the next few days, hopefully two days. And we will be sharing this with you on this podcast. And we're going to design this as close to fill-in as possible. In the meantime, many of you are ready to join our coaching program, Learn How to Be Powerful Listing Agents. The best way for you to do that is just text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Or you can just hop over to timandjulieharris.com, timandjulieharris.com, click on Coaching, click on Premier, and you can actually join Premier Coaching for around $100 a month. That's right. You can join. That's one of the options. You can join Premier Coaching for around $100 a month, and that gives you... The, our complete A to Z real estate system with a focus primarily on being a great listing agent. In the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of us for anything, as always, text me 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Do not call, text, do not call, text, and I will certainly text you back. You guys have a fantastic day. Make sure you're taking great notes for the next week or so as we go over all these points. This will make a huge difference, and future you will definitely be thankful to present you for having listened to this series on our podcast. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.